Hello guys, and welcome to this rather impromptu episode of Radcast. We're going for the most topical thing out there now and discussing all things COVID-19 coronavirus. So only a week ago we hadn't even thought about putting out this episode, and coronavirus was still something going on in the distant corners of the world. And as concerning as it sounded, we weren't really affected over here. I mean, we were almost looking on with a bit of curiosity and thought that somehow we might escape the outbreak here, but things have definitely changed very quickly and the virus has pretty much swept across Europe and into the UK and it seems like we're really on the brink of a major health emergency um, here which is going to put unprecedented strain on the healthcare service in general and on already stretched radiology services. Yeah, it's, it's quite a, a surreal situation at the moment. Um, the number of confirmed cases is rising rapidly but it's still nowhere near the levels that we've seen on the continent in places like Italy or Spain but we are told by all accounts that it's going to get that bad. Um, you know, like after a massive earthquake when um, you're anticipating a tsunami, but before then the seas are quite calm and you know it's coming and it's going to be, by all accounts, quite devastating. But at the moment, it's kind of business as usual, um, obviously with lots of complex contingency planning going on in the background. So I was on call overnight and it was actually quieter than usual, um, a bit like Christmas. And I suppose that's because people are rightfully heeding the government's advice to stay away, not to overwhelm services and risk transmitting the infection. But even during the day in the hospitals, um, it's eerily quiet. Hospital um, corridors are empty. I suppose they've already started cancelling some of the routine stuff in anticipation of the um, increased burden. Yeah, I think what's bothering me most at the moment is uh, the predictions of how bad it's going to get rather than anything else. Yeah. Um, I think at the time of recording, there's officially been 1,372 confirmed cases and very sadly 35 deaths in the UK. Yeah, the, the, the true number's probably quite a lot higher than that, isn't it? Because they're essentially not testing anyone anymore. So Yeah, the um, new strategy. Yeah, strategy. And the chief medical officer has said that in the worst case scenario, about 80% of the population could be affected. So that's, that's quite a scary thought and it will put a huge pressure on things like acute beds and ITU and ventilator equipment and indeed radiology services as well. Mm. Yeah, there's, there's lots of information sort of flying around being sent between the radiology regs and also coming from the top down from the consultants. Um, to the regis and they're sort of discussing how we're going to deal with the increased pressures um, and I mean there are many suggestions and plans in place a lot of them are quite common sense so I think there's going to be a significant increase in the amount of home reporting uh, we are in quite a unique position in radiology because um, we can actually report from home because of teleradiology so I think in your hospital they've, they've actually started um, yeah, like making changes to that yeah, they bought um, they bought in some more workstations, uh, which will be for consultants to use at home. But they haven't got enough for one for every consultant yeah. in the department, so they'll have to make a decision on uh, on who gets them. Uh, the last I heard was that they were going to just do it based on how far people live from the hospital, so the furthest away would have priority. Mm. I suppose that's fair. Although I don't know, maybe I thought they might decide based on the consultants who are going to be most at risk so maybe the older consultants get to report uh, home older. yeah and the younger um, consultants who are more likely to sort of have milder symptoms have to come in mm. um, yeah I suppose if the uh, if the government do actually escalate the, the isolation strategy then that might be a way of keeping yeah. people working if they're not allowed to leave the house I suppose it's just another consideration you have to bear in mind now when you buy a house like in the event of, <laughs> in the event of a pandemic how likely am I going to be to get called in or get to report from home. I think as well, as the demand does actually increase on the system in general, consultants will probably be expected to step up 
and do more mm. of the acute reporting, which yeah. will then Free allow juniors, juniors for redeployment. redeployment. Dreaded redeployment. Wow. Uh, people, yeah, people are really stressing about that, aren't they? Um, yes. I think um, I've seen like various documents around from various sources, like including the Department of Health, um, and they phrase it in different ways, saying like basically trainees need to be prepared to take on additional responsibilities and perform roles that they wouldn't ordinarily do, which basically means get drafted onto the front line, doesn't it? Yeah, and that in itself, uh, the ambiguity of it has caused yeah. a lot of speculation and, and mild hysteria, I'd say, yeah, people... amongst trainees. There's, people... talk, there's talk of doing advanced airways, yeah. and it's, yeah, it's all, all very scary. Intubating and doing trackies. Yeah, yeah, how many of the inotropes? <laughs> no, I, I think if, if we do get drafted in, I think there's an appreciation that we are, we're not de-skilled, we're just skilled in other ways. So I don't mm. think we're going to suddenly have to step up and be managing really, really sick patients on our own. I imagine we'd probably do the more, maybe not the, the um, mundane work, but maybe like clerking and the less specialist stuff and leave the more advanced stuff to the people who are used to doing it on a daily basis. Yeah, I really doubt we'll be expected to do advanced airways management or monitor inotropes. Mm. I think things would have to be really dire to reach that mm. stage. I suppose anything could happen, but yeah. um, I think really there's probably a scale where at one end we might get sent home and, the, and there's just like a skeleton staff of regs in the yeah. department who only need to be there to do acute reporting. And then at the other end, it could just be like a, a war where all the, the, tra the trained soldiers are deployed to the front lines first, so the A&E &E doctors and uh, anaesthetists. And then when they're all unable to work anymore, then surgeons are used, then the GPs, and then at the, end of the, at the end of the road, it's the radiologists, pathologists, and psychiatrists that have to run the show. Oh, God. <laughs> I hope it doesn't get that bad. I'm hoping like the measures they put in now will stop it getting to that stage. But, I mean, I'm willing to muck in. I won't go as far as to say excited because I think that sort of is a naive way to think of it I think it's not going to be very pleasant but it is a massively unique situation and I think sort of all the old boundaries will go out the window I've read some some really vivid and worrying accounts um, from Italy these are the things that really started making it quite um, real to me and they're basically saying that the normal rules don't apply and there's no such thing really as an orthopod or a pathologist anymore basically everyone is an intensivist in some of the more um, hard hit areas so yeah there, there is the prospect that we will have to really step quite far out of our comfort zone but I also think that our colleagues will probably be quite accepting of the fact or hopefully be accepting of the fact that we are a bit out of practice and so um, and our skills lie elsewhere so the expectations will be quite realistic and amazing. yeah I think it'll be a you know when you get to the point where it's like a, a firefighting situation mm -hmm. then um, I think that people will be appreciative of, of any help that, that people are willing to provide. Mm -hmm. um, so just to kind of bring it back to the radiology department, the, the bulk of the work realistically is outpatient stuff, so mm -hmm. it would seem plausible to cancel all of that. However, people aren't going to stop getting cancer because there's a pandemic happening. Yeah. So, And it's still vital that cancer imaging is done in a timely manner, but maybe the MSK radiologists will just have to do fewer injection lists. Um, if they stop scanning everything apart from acutes and cancer, then at least the backlog of other stuff would probably be cleared quickly. Yeah, I think it will force us to triage stuff a lot better and prioritise and a lot of 
scans which perhaps weren't necessarily indicated that just got done in the past mm. um, won't be done and that's for the better I think maybe down the line it will we will be rationing our resources a bit yeah. better even after we're through the um, pandemic but yeah, yeah. Um, yes I mean they are going to have to reduce all the outpatient stuff but in terms of actual increased demands on the imaging service services from the virus I don't think they're going to be that significant um, initially people were a bit concerned because there were reports coming out of China that CT was actually a crucial part of the diagnostic process so um, early studies from Wuhan showed that CT might actually be more effective than laboratory testing um, at early detection of COVID-19 which doesn't seem possible but it was the case and that there are even cases where patients were initially testing negative on PCR but then they had CT changes and subsequently were found to have the infection. So they were the initial reports and it was, it was a case of, oh my God, how are we going to manage scanning all these patients with COVID-19? But I think now that's sort of not the case. CT is, imaging doesn't play a sort of frontline role in the diagnosis. Yeah, I, I think um, although it's quite sensitive to lung parenchymal changes, it's not that specific. So there is considerable overlap with mm. other uh, conditions um, just for educational purposes, the changes are multifocal peripheral ground glass shadowing, nodules and crazy paving. So it's just like a non-specific interstitial yeah. pneumonia that you might get with other causes. Um, the, only, the only thing that's missing really is some cysts and then we'd have a full house of all the, uh, all the possible <laughs> yeah. HRCT findings. Yeah, it's not very specific. And also <laughs> the, um, you get one of the more specific things are an organising pneumonia, which is one of those terms which no one really knows what it yeah. means. But uh, I did some Googling before, and apparently it's like accumulation of granulation tissue in the alveoli, but mm. it looks like you basically get patches of consolidation and, and ground glass, or mm. consolidation around ground glass. So um, that is something that's a bit more specific to COVID-19 rather than other viruses. But um, Yeah, I was, I was actually surprised to see an article in that well-known radiology journal, the, uh, the Liverpool Echo newspaper. <laughs> um, about the imaging findings and also the results of this Chinese study that we've just referenced. Oh, um, the, they talked about the Chinese saying, study? Yeah, say, the, at the end of the article they talk about how the study of a thousand patients or whatever found that CT was superior to PCR. So hopefully yeah. now that doesn't mean that we're going to get patients coming in, okay. <laughs> feeling viral and then demanding a CT instead of, uh, instead of swabs. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, th- I think, yeah, overall, I think actually diagnosing people on imaging is, is pretty much academic. Um, definitely not first line, especially now as we've moved to a phase nationally where we're not even testing people. So if you have symptoms, you pretty much assume you have it and just stay at home. And um, as is the case with most patients, if it's a mild um, course of the disease, then you'd sort of just get better and assume that you probably had it. So I think CT is only going to be used in specific cases or to perhaps look for complications, I suppose, a bit like pancreatitis, where you treat it clinically and mm. only scan them later on if you think they got necrosis or yeah. collections or something. We'd be looking like for that. things like empyema, wouldn't we? Wouldn't specifically. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I also think that logistically, it doesn't make sense to make a scanner dirty and take it out of action mm. for deep cleaning when you're already treating the patient for the disease anyway. Yeah. Um, and if you've certainly if you've then got swabs that have proven that they've got it, then unless you're looking for a complication mm. that, would, that you would then intervene with, then why do the scan? 
Yeah, I have heard some discussions, well, this was in an article I read today, about having some clean scanners and dirty scanners. So you could, if you were trying to use CT to diagnose it, have dirty scanners for that, but you sort of run the risk of scanning patients who actually don't have it in there, who you suspect mm. of having it, and then they pick it up from the dirty scanner. scanner so yeah. um, I think, yeah, imaging only in special cases. Yeah, so uh, these are all the things, and obviously many other things as well, that, uh, that need to be considered, and not just in radiology. Um, I'm not sure we can really comprehend at the moment what it's going to be like, even in one month's time. Um, but I suppose all we can do is hope that maybe the measures the government has put in place now can have some effect on slowing the spread and easing the pressure. But I think regardless, we're all going to be called upon to step up in the coming weeks and months and all we can do really is band together and work hard and try to get each other and the whole country through it. Mm. Um, so the RCR have obviously uh, stated their yeah. current position and their, their current advice. Um, we know they've cancelled all upcoming events until June. Yes. However, at the time of recording, the spring sitting of the, the UK FRCR 2B exam is still planned to go ahead. Um, it must be challenging for trainees to, to maintain motivation at the moment to mm. revise for an exam that, that may or may not happen and it's only five or six weeks from now. You would hope they will find some way of doing it but it does seem like, especially I've heard a lot of other colleges are cancelling their exams. I know the anaesthetists have had their exams cancelled as well. So, yeah. And it's just going to have significant training implications in general. I mean, all of the requirements that we have in terms of workplace-based assessments are DOPSIs and our um, IPEXs. If it gets really severe and we're, we're drafted away from the sort of the department, it's going to be difficult to keep up with all of that stuff. Yeah, CCT extensions for everyone. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. <laughs> Is um, that a cough I can No, 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 no. no. Are you sure? Just a, just a, a chuckle, chuckle. <laughs> just inhaled some, some water, so... <laughs> Uh, just going back to the thing about CT actually the RCR have stated their position on that as well yeah. and uh, I quote our view is that there is no current role for CT in the diagnostic assessment mm. of patients with suspected coronavirus infection in the UK okay. we do not believe that current evidence demonstrates a clear benefit in producing a definitive and positive management change on the basis of CT information so that puts that one to bed for now yeah so um that's really it. So it's a bit of a sombre radcast, but um, I suppose we'll have to try and stay optimistic over this period and hope that it's going to bring the best out of us, like that, that wartime spirit. Yeah, exactly. Keep calm and carry on. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the government policy, so I think we have to just stick to that and, and hope for the best. But yeah, so I suppose that's a goodbye and stay safe, everyone, and yeah. good luck. Get coronavirus done. I'm yes. sure that's what Bob <laughs> <Okay>. should be saying. <laughs> goodbye. Bye.